0: Hi, I'm Dom Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Technology, where we discuss the technology news that's important to you from a uniquely Catholic point of view. And joining me today on the panel are Jack Barrazzini. Hi, Jack. Hey, nice to be here. And uh, welcome. And Joanne Mercier. Hi, Joanne. Hello, everyone. Welcome, Jack. Yes, welcome. Glad to be here. Uh, Jack, so uh, uh, as the listeners might know, you are, uh, this is your first time with us, joining us on... the the podcast, and so I'd like to take a moment to ask you to introduce yourself to the audience and just a little about yourself and who you are and why you're here.
1: Hey, my name is uh, Jack Barrazzini, and I live in uh, Alabama with my uh, wife and son. I'm a sysadmin at a small company here, and I do pretty much everything from running the servers to fixing people's mice, so I've got a background in technology, been using it for years, and I'm also a devout Catholic, so excited to be part of this.
0: Excellent. Well, welcome, Jack. Uh, I'm really excited. Jack is a, a vo- when I was looking for volunteers a few weeks ago, uh, he stepped forward, raised his hand and said, "I can help you with the computer stuff." And I said, "That's that's the guy for me." <laughs> you know, with my computer stuff. And he's he's been willing to to jump in and do whatever I've asked and I really appreciate that, Jack. Thank you so much. And uh and I'm so glad you're here joining us. Uh this is great. So, we're, we're our first segment today, we're going to be talking about the upcoming iOS 13. So every year Apple introduces its new operating systems and introduces them the new features at their worldwide developers conference coming up in June. Uh, so that's when we should expect it. And there's lots of talk that the new iOS 13 is going to have a, a lot of iPad uh features, stuff to make iPads even more usable in a productivity so it's not just a content uh, consumption device, uh but will have more uh, more productivity features and will do more to connect it to the Mac. So I thought we'd take a minute. I know not everyone is an iOS user or a, a Mac user that listens to the show, but I want to, you know, some, oftentimes when the feature shows up in iOS, it's going to show up at some point in Android and vice versa. It, some of the best features from Android have made their way over to iOS. So it's always good to keep track of what's going on. And so there's a lot of rumors running around about what might be coming. And so I'd like to start with those. One of the ones that, that looked most interesting to me was this idea that Apple is going to be, make it possible for a, a an iPad to be like a second monitor for uh, a Mac. What do you think? What do you think of that? Have you, have you, either of you ever used anything like that where you can use a tablet as a second monitor for your computer? Yep.
2: There goes the duet killer right there. <laughs> Cause I use <laughs> right. duet. um, and there, it's going to kill it. it. Apple is so famous for doing that, just cannibalizing someone else's idea. But the problem is, they do it better, and they know their own devices. So it'll. While I love Duet, and it has worked really well for me, anyway, um, I'm interested to see what they're going to do with this thing. Of course, they're going to call it Sidecar. Sounds it sounds like a drink, but, <laughs> yeah. but what the heck? I mean. It, it, it if it enables you to take your laptop somewhere and have two monitors for extra stuff, I think that's great. I, I do that when I'm away from, he- from home. At home, I have two monitors and that's what I prefer. So I think it's a good thing. I think more people will use it.
0: What do you think, Jack?
1: Honestly, the feature that seems the most useful, like for what I do, especially, um, is if you're working like at your computer, you could take that put everything you have on your computer on your iPad and then walk somewhere without having to take your whole laptop. So if it's able to do something like that, I think that'd be awesome.
0: That would be kind of cool. There are times when like when I have my I work from an, I, uh, an iMac on my desk and if I can do that from an iMac, I could just put a couple of screens on the on the uh the iPad and go walk into the kitchen during lunch or out onto the patio on a nice day. That'd be really nice. I mean, I have a I have a MacBook, but I'm I'm already working on the iMac. You know what I mean? So it's, and rather than shut everything down, start a new app, start up the app on the on the MacBook, all that sort of stuff moving, I, it's just slide a few uh, things over to another window. That would be kind of cool.
1: Android actually had a feature like that. Um, well, it wasn't Android. It was a Windows app for Android. And this is probably six or seven years now. And I remember playing around with it and you could basically mirror your computer on your Android tablet and... It was cool, but it, the functionality was not really there yet, so it sounds like something similar to that and if they can make it more full featured I think that'd be really useful
2: yes, yeah, see, I'm toying with the idea because I have a five year old MacBook Pro, and I know at some point it's going to start slowing down for me, so I'm looking eventually at getting a Mac mini for the house and leaving it here and then using a twelve point nine inch iPad, but it still doesn't do. Everything that I'd like it to do, so I'm looking at these new features now that they're proposing, that might be, you know, while we're in all of this uh, rumor mode for iOS 13, that we may be able to open multiple screens on it now natively, and that would be that would push it over the edge for me finally to do that.
0: Jack, as you mentioned, the um, being able to take the the tablet uh, and and mirror the. Computer screen on it. I mean, in some ways, I do that now using a software called Screen. There's several different uh, pieces of software that do that uh, using, usually, I think, the VNC protocol. So there's it's a standard open, you know, standard protocol. So uh, so I can do some of that now, but there are issues with lag with. Trying to render a giant twenty-seven inch right. monitor on a nine-point-seven inch screen and things like that. So I, I would like to see how they they work with those issues. But yeah, yeah, that's an interesting one. And and Joanne, you're right. I mean the the idea of having a Mac Mini on my desktop or or any kind of desktop Mac and not needing a a laptop. I mean, there's still I'm still at that point where I just I can't do everything on the iPad. I mean, I know some people can, but I can't. And 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 that's it's an issue. So let's let's talk about some of the other uh, some of the other features that have been mentioned. Some um some things that are a little more esoteric. Like there's uh, dark mode throughout the throughout the uh, the phone.
2: Yeah, I like dark mode on my on my MacBook, but I'm not sure I like dark. There is some there are some programs now apps now that use dark mode on the iPad. I'm not convinced yet.
1: Yeah, it just seems seems like a nice feature but nothing crazy.
0: Yeah, with the uh OLED screen on my phone, it makes sense. Uh when it because when you have pure black on the phone, then that's that pixel is not drawing energy. But the the screens on the iPads are not OLED yet. I mean maybe that's coming, but they're not yet. So they're still drawing energy whether it's black or white. And the same thing with the computer. So I yeah, I tried dark mode on my iMac, it was too much, <laughs> too dark. Way too dark. Uh so I I do have it on the MacBook. It seems to work a little better. I like it on my phone. I I'm not as I'm not as huge a fan of it on my iPad. It's a very interesting dichotomy that I've experienced with that.
2: Yeah, I like it. I like it on the computer. I like it because for my eyes, because they're getting older, white sits better for me, and I can read it better. But I still need the black on the iPad. Black on white.
0: So, Joanne, you hinted, you mentioned that another one of these rumors, which is the ability to ha- apps to have multiple windows. So that just like uh just like Mac and Windows and already do, we can have you know overlaying the windows, and I think that's a recognition that the the what they've come up with now, which is the split screen mm-hmm. that they've been doing, doesn't work no. quite as well yeah, as we'd hope. No, hoped. <laughs> it it doesn't.
2: Uh, it it does sometimes. I have to I have to say it that way, but it's also I don't know if it's if it's just the way an iPad works. you you bring over the two screens and then if if you hit something wrong, one goes away and it's like, uh, hello, I need that back or not.
0: (laughs) Or you can't make it go away, which is sometimes my problem. Or (laughs) they're
2: not all, all the developers are not allowing them to go in split screen. So you never know which app doesn't do split screen.
1: I always want to put YouTube in split screen and half the time you can't even do that. So.
0: Right. Oh yeah, exactly. Uh so so a, a multiple windows in, in an app so this would be multiple windows inside the app so we're still not having multiple windows from separate apps on screen oh, okay so that's so, so that would be still a little different but it's it's an improvement we're getting there um so something else that might be that would come is uh things like font man better font management you can get fonts installed but it's a kludgy way so better font management um, mail would be better. Uh, some, some of those, some of those sorts of improvements. So, uh, um, some, some of the stuff is just sort of esoteric. Some of it sounds like it could be really good. One thing that very interests me a lot is Apple is going to be re- revamping, find my friends and find my iPhone into one app, which makes sense. Yeah.
1: Consolidating.
0: A- and competing with tile, which was my pick last week to To create a tracker, which sounds very interesting now, find my phone, find my friends. they're, they're, they're I find them to be very useful. I mean, I'm, my wife is constantly beeping her phone from her watch, from her Apple Watch, trying to find where, where she left it. Uh, and I, I sometimes me will too. do it, or or I'll do it from from my mom. My mom's on my family. Uh, she lives with my brother, but she's on my my family um, iCloud family, and so she'll call, she'll contact me to. Her phone at my brother's house so she can find it that sort of thing, <laughs> but uh, so this so they would combine into one app and then put it on both iOS and macOS, which is interesting. uh Right now, you can have Find My Friends and Notification Center on the Mac. I don't know if you if you knew that, but you can't you can put it there. uh But this would create a separate app that would be Find. I think they say Find Network or something like that.
2: Yeah. I was going to say, I I've never used or I've used very briefly find my friends because none of my friends want to be found. But the find (laughs) my phone feature has been good for both Kevin and I, because he had his phone. He left his phone on the top of his car one day. Oh, Oh, right. And I was able to pull off the road, locate the phone because somebody, of course, picked it up and went away with it. And I was able to find the phone, lock it down, put the screen on that said, you know, call this number. And he was totally amazed that I could do that. So that has come in handy many, many times to find my phone feature. But find my friends. I uh, I don't know. It, it hasn't been useful for me.
1: Other than like if you are having your kids like where you're requiring them to use that. I've never met anyone who actually uses that.
0: I use it. My wife and I use it all the time and I use it, especially when she's out running errands. I've got the kids here and I'm wondering, is she on the way this way? I don't have to, I don't have to text her to say, where are you? Are you on the way? How far are you from here? I find it very useful to be able to do that, to to, to kind of keep that, Idea of it. Also, my my in laws, my sister in law, and my mother in law, especially. I don't think I have my father in law on, on it, but they're they live in Texas. But when they come to visit, they and they're at the airport, and there's the, the airport shuttle. I can track the airport shuttle based on where where their phone is. Oh, nice. And and then then I know when to leave the house to go to the the airport shuttle, the Logan Express Depot to pick them up. So there are there are. I find it useful. It it, it can be very useful for that sort of thing. But what really interests me is this tracker idea. So it would be a hardware tracker. And the way it would work is just like with tile, it depends on a vast cloud of app of the Apple ecosystem. There are, there are, there's a billion, as Oprah famously said a few weeks ago, there's a billion phones, (laughs) y'all. Oh, oh, Oprah, you're not yeah, that really. southern. So, <laughs> so she, but but there are a billion phones out there, a billion and, and iPads and other uh, various other iOS devices, and they're all seeing other all these other Bluetooth devices around them. And if there's a Bluetooth device that's in the system with a tracker, it it can say, "Hey, I saw this tracker here," and and there will be an opt-in, obviously, if you don't want your phone to be. To be part of this, you you can always just say, you know, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: Right. well, the, and see, here's where I start to draw the line. You know, I, I with with something like find my iPhone, you can turn that feature off as long as you can turn it off. That's fine. But if it's going to be another one of those things that, you know, to make sure we all know where you are at all times. Now I get a little nervous, even though Apple will not sell that information to a third party.
0: Right, I mean their 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 brand. Now this is a, kind of a uh, a tangent, but their brand, their that they have staked the the next uh, phase of their company on is we're the privacy company. They've they've identified the idea that people want privacy protected, and if they can be the privacy tech company, that is valuable. And I can see that, and so I I don't think they would want to endanger that intentionally. But of course, there's always the the possibility of Unintentional backdoors and leaks and bugs and that sort of thing. So that's true, but one of the things I really like about this is with these tag, with the, uh, according to the rumor, with these tags, it would allow you to, um, it would easily set it up just like you do with an AirPod. We just have it in proximity to your phone. Uh, you can set, the, you could geo it so when the tag and the device get too far away from each other, the So you've left your phone behind or not your phone, but it would be something you tag, like your keys. Your phone will say, hey, you leave without your keys. But since I'm often walking out of my house and, like say, going for a walk around the block without my keys, I don't want my phone bugging me all the time. Ah, you can create a geofence of certain locations where it shouldn't need to warn you. So don't warn me if I leave the house without my keys. If I'm doing that, I'm presumably doing that on purpose. So I like I like the idea like,
2: of it. I can see parents doing this with their kids iPhones. You know, is where where are you going?
0: <laughs> well, you already do, you already can right. do this with a find my friends. This is just extending it to your kids backpack.
1: So it's like a physical tag that you can stick on things?
0: Yeah, it'll be like the tile so probably it's probably going to be you could stick it on it uh or have like a key ring. Connection, sort of. that's Oh, sort of all to it.
2: right. I was thinking it was part of like the phone or the iPad or the
0: no, no. So the phone already does this, and the iPad already does this. This is the so the the rumor is that there's a, a a new hardware product which would you would purchase separately, and that would be that's the key. So you could attach it to your like I have tile trackers on my phone. I have one in my wallet. I have one in my uh, day pack. So, so, in the backpack itself, uh, what I have one, I have a a Kindle, and Amazon doesn't do tracking with the Kindle. I was mentioning this last week. Uh, doesn't do tracking with the Kindle. So I got a Kindle case with a with a pocket, and I slid one in there. I have, like I said, I have uh, one in my wallet. So I I put it all these on my keys. I have one. I have one on the snowblower keys. <laughs> uh, so that, Jack, you you're in Alabama, so you you probably wouldn't get this. But when you're outdoors and you're trying to get the snowblower started and you've got a foot and a half of snow and you're fumbling around with gloves on, it's all too easy to drop the snowblower key and lose it till the spring. Yes. Uh, so now it has a title nice. tracker on it. <laughs> so I'll always know nice. where it is. Uh, that's, that sort of thing. So uh, so I, 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 for one, am interested in this. It's probably going to be way too expensive, the Apple Premium. Uh, It'd be interesting to see. But I might
2: invest in tile now for my dog. So, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, that's not a bad idea. But the tile, the the thing with tile and and mostly is they rely on Bluetooth. So it's a range issue. Bluetooth is about about thirty feet, give or take stuff in the way. So what they rely on is that there are enough devices, and this is why the cloud of a billion phones is so important. So that there, there's always you know with so many iPhones out there. There's always going to be an iPhone, relatively close proximity. The the likelihood, if you drop this in the middle of a city, someone with one of these devices is going to walk by it and you will ping the system, and you will know where where it is. Hmm. So that's what they're counting on.
1: I wonder so. if they'll be if you have to charge them because if you have to charge them, that seems like that could make it more difficult, especially since they canceled that pad that they were going to have, the charging pad where you can just put everything on it.
0: Yeah, the Air Power. Yeah. Yeah, I I'm curious. It would be nice if it had Qi charging. Uh right now the tile, so the original tiles, they have their battery lasts about a year and then you have to replace it. You have to replace the tile, but they sell new ones to you at a at a pretty steep discount. It's actually a pre- pretty good discount. The newer ones have a replaceable watch-style battery so cuz they're a little thicker. So so, but if it had like a like like with the uh, AirPod, the new AirPods, they can Qi charge. That would make it very interesting. So then, all I'm doing is, uh, even though even though the AirPower got canceled, but if I have a couple of Qi chargers laying around the house, I come in the house, I throw my keys on the Qi charger, with the tag. That might be, that might be a very interesting product. I'd, 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 that's a good thought. I'd, I'd, I'd be I'd like to see that wireless charging in these tags. We just need to tap
1: into the real.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh. So uh, let's uh, maybe move on to our second topic. And uh, Jack, this was a, a topic that you brought to the show. And so I'd like to, if you could introduce this, you mentioned this anecdote, this sto- uh, story that you, uh, ex- something you experienced related to this story. So wh- why don't you start off by telling us about what happened?
1: Yeah. So on Friday, my wife and I went to a concert and it was a good time. It was uh, the musician. He's kind of like a, punk rock musician but kind of like folk punk um and he does this thing where he'll crowd surf through the crowd during one of the songs and he'll get down and interact with everyone and it was all going how he's done it before because we've been to several of his shows it was a good time and then he got dropped six feet onto concrete on his back Oof. and had to have the Ow. ambulance come out and look at him and later on we were up near the front so we were not where he was when he got dropped but we saw a, a twitter video of it later on and and everyone was just standing there with their phones, videoing it happening. No one was helping him get up. And it just really made me think about how a lot of the times when we're out at events now or out with family or out with friends, we're not really experiencing the event just as the event for ourselves. We're thinking about how it will look on Facebook or Instagram and how we can stage it to make it to make us look better on our social media presence.
0: You know, that's a really interesting story. So the, the guy was crowd surfing, but people were so busy. Instagramming, Facebook Living, or whatever it was they were doing with their phone that they dropped him. And then as he's laying there, they're not picking him up. They're thinking, ooh, this musician would make a really cool photo of, you know, to put this on Twitter right. or Instagram. Uh, yeah. You know, it's interesting. It reminds me of something that uh, a friend told me about 20 years ago, which is similar. Uh, he, he was in Vienna, in Austria, uh, on a. This is when I was in college, and he was on an exchange program, you know, for a semester abroad. And he remembers seeing this carriage go by through Austria, this old, you know, the, the classic old carriage, and this couple, this tourist couple, sitting in it. And the guy of the couple had his eye buried in a viewfinder for an, from an old one of those old camcorders, videoing Vienna. And all so all this guy saw of Vienna was what he saw through his viewfinder. Oh, right. He wasn't he wasn't living the experience. He was just recording it, and and that sounds like something similar. Uh, so, how, so how do we find that balance between recording life and, and making memories, keeping memories, uh, and and living the experience? Hmm.
2: In in today's, yeah, it's got to be a generational thing because even though I grew up in an era where pictures were the thing, everybody had to take a picture of something. Taking a picture of something only lasts a certain amount of time. This video thing. I mean, I go to concerts and I see all these cameras up and I'm like, why aren't you watch, You just paid one hundred and fifty dollars to watch Queen on stage and you're watching it through your phone. No, you know, I I, I really do think it's a generational thing. If you didn't grow up with this video um, ability you know, at the, at your fingertips, I think you take life a little differently. I, I feel bad because I think a lot of kids are are viewing life through their viewfinders or their or their phones.
1: And a lot of the times, especially with big events like a concert, you're going to be able to find photos of it online. They're going to be better than anything you can take with your own phone. Like anytime I try to take a picture of something, like 90% of the time, it doesn't even come out well.
0: No. Right. Mm-hmm. Concerts are too dark and, the, and what's going on is too far away. And your your zoom on your phone is 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 a digital zoom at the optics are not set up for that. You're going to you're going to forget to turn off the flash and it's going to and you're going to see this nice, well-lit photo of the back of the head of the guy in front of you. I mean, yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. And this is a problem for professional photographers is everybody thinks I've got a I've got a camera on me. I'm a real photographer. I mean, you can get some nice photos with your phone once once in a while, but real photographers, that's different. I mean, they they know how to capture a scene, but that's an interesting thing we have seen, Joanne, about you know the difference in generations. I mean, it's not. I don't think it's just video. I think it's it, part of it is is even a generation ago, taking a photo like you had a camera with twelve or twenty four pictures, or a Polaroid with. I think it was. I think it was maybe a dozen. A pol- even a Polaroid. Yeah, and you had you had to. Ve- you had a, even if you had several rolls on you you were very careful in which pi- how many pictures you took and not use them all up at once but now there's the there's a photo is 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 nothing it's a commodity it's i i could take a 1000 photos uh and and so there's no reason not to
2: but i think the bigger point of this story is the fact that people inst t- it was almost like the humanness is taken out this man just fell on the floor instead of helping him we're taking video and taking pictures. No, no. And and I see that a lot now, you know, something happens on the street, out come the cameras. Oh, why aren't you helping this person? Right. Why aren't you getting involved? And I think that's the bigger thing.
1: I've also noticed that on the opposite end where sometimes on like Facebook or Instagram, you'll see those videos of someone where they'll go and help somebody and do like this kind thing. But then I'm wondering like, why are you videotaping yourself going and helping this person? It, it kind of, it kind of negates the fact that you are being charitable. Because if you're just doing it for the social cachet, it seems to, it seems more selfish than anything.
0: I I see these well-produced hidden camera videos of guy a guy in the street of New York going around and buying pizza for all the homeless people, and it's it's got all the feels. But I'm thinking, why are you have why are you having someone video you doing this? It's it's a bit it is a bit odd to say the least, yeah. That it so it's you doing it for the gram, as they say, you know. And, and so there's this balance we've got to find between between these things. So maybe we could talk a little bit about, like what ways we can maybe avoid falling into the trap. Uh, so like when you're on vacation, you want to record it, you want fo- uh, photos, you want video. I find myself doing that all the time. Oh, this would make a a perfect photo of my daughter running across those rocks over there with a beautiful backdrop that I could post on Facebook. I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing inherently wrong with that, but it's, it's the question of how, how much of my vacation is taken up with recording it to show to other people. And why am I interested in showing other people this? So they think I'm a better person because I went on a nice vacation and went to a cool place?
2: Yeah. See, fi- pi- pictures in the old days were, were done to tell stories. As, as a genealogist, that's w- when I look at pictures, I'm trying to find the story behind the picture. Nowadays, it's the picture for the picture's sake or the picture for its composition or the picture for how many people will look at this picture because it's done a certain way. It doesn't tell a story. And that's, I think, we've lost again the humanness of all of this. You know, we're we're just doing it to impress people. We're not doing it to care. I mean, to to um, share it with the next generation or to recall something that to us means something. Because a picture, one picture means something to you. It's going to mean something to somebody else.
1: It's also so easy to take pictures nowadays that we don't think about it. Like, there's probably more pictures of my kid than there are of like anybody the entire human race before like 1930 cuz i was just going through in the <laughs> right. like thousands.
0: No, i was going to say it's the parental problem of the of, of photos and it's especially true as you get more kids uh, although it's a little bit inverse uh the first child gets all the pictures <laughs> second child gets just a few fewer and and then on and on and then the the, the once you get to around 5 or 6 or so uh, you see them in background of shots of your dinner or whatever, but no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But, but it's true. And I think
2: there were more pictures of people's thumbs in the insides of their iPhone cases than there probably are of anything else.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, this is the thing I talk about with my wife. I mean, we have, uh, we share uh, all of her uh, iPhone photos end up in our shared iPhoto library. I have a workflow that automatically imports all her photos because Apple has not yet made a family (laughs) photo app. (laughs) You know, in the cloud. That, come on, Apple.
1: Yeah, that was really that was one of the most frustrating things about iCloud. That's why I switched to Google Photos because you can make family photo albums.
0: Yes, I mean we can and we can make a family photo album. But what I want is just one photo library for both right. of us, which is what I've I've cobbled together using third party apps and some automation and you know scripting and and stuff like that. But uh, I wish it were native. But that that's a, that's a little bit of a tangent. Uh, but as I looked at her photos, her photos come in and they're like. There'll be 45 photos of leaves <laughs> and, and plants in the yard. And I'm thinking, I mean, these are nice, but no one's ever going to care about these after today. Like, uh, like, w- w- and we don't need 45 of them. You know, I, I I have to be the editor who goes in and deletes 44, you know, and, and saves the one. Uh, or even of our own child, you know, there's, there's the, the the kid's doing something cool. And so we take 35 photos of it. But we really only need the one best photo of that. But then you feel bad for deleting any of them. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, and and then, you know, I just don't have the time to do. I used to go, go through and edit out and call. And I'm like, why am I do, spending all my time doing this? I mean, it used to be that the uh, iPhoto library database would grind to a halt after a few thousand photos. So there was a real re- good reason to. But now that all those sorts of things are improved, you can put tens of thousands in there. It doesn't really hurt it. But, you know, it's hard to find anything now. And, you know, it's just you get clutter. So, so, yeah, we have this problem where it's so easy to take photos. It's so hard to weed them out. But I think there's, there's, there's a deeper question of do we, we need to find a balance between, like I said before, recording an event and sharing the, and sharing the event and living the event and whether we're on vacation or if we're going out with friends or like we're at a restaurant or something you know uh, I, I hear like about restaurants that are creating lighting and 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 tabletops that look ideal on Instagram i mean we're a little out of control folks enjoy the meal just eat it just did you see
1: that news story about the Instagram influencers who killed that field of poppies in California
0: yes they so California's had a, a super bloom this spring. Uh, the, the they had a very wet spring, and they've had uh, all you have more flowers blooming. So all the people have been going out to visit them. Uh, Jack, what was it? What 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 exactly happened? Maybe you could share with us.
1: Um, pretty much what happened was everyone went to the field because it was really beautiful. And instead of just observing it for what it was, which is you know beautiful flowers, they were like lying around in it and jumping around in it, and doing all the you know poses for Instagram, and it ended up. Like damaging Ooh. a large part of the field.
0: Rather than taking pictures of the beauty of the field for itself, they were they were they had to put themselves in the photo because I'm a social media influencer, and therefore it's not a real photo if I'm not in it.
2: I, I'm dying <laughs> to see geneal, geneal um genealogy programs in a hundred years with all the selfies. You know, instead right, of instead right. of groups of people and you know posing, it's going to be selfies.
0: Right. I mean, genealogists are going to have to sift through all of this uh, in the future. That'll be an interesting uh, exercise on their part. Uh, so, all right. I'm, I'm not sure that we have any uh, conclusions here other than to, you know, perhaps put the phone away for a little bit. And But if the listeners have any feedback, any tips, any any experiences you want to share, we certainly would love to hear from you. Uh, I'll give the email address at the end, but I'll say to, here as well, if you'd send it to technology at sqpn.com or post a comment on, we we find this on social media, on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, we'd love to hear from you about your experiences with not living through the gram, not, uh, you know, living living the events rather than just seeking to record it and share it online. Uh, that would be great. I'd love to hear from you. That brings us to our picks of the week. Uh, Jack, We as you know, we do our uh, every week we we pick something that we found interesting cool something in the technology or and or gadget realm and Jackson since you're the uh, the fir- uh, first timer here i'm going to let you go first and what what's your pick this week
1: awesome so one of the, something that i really love is space um and if you're like me if you've ever wanted to see what happens if you put 17 marse's in orbit around earth this app would be perfect for you it's um
0: <laughs> it's a
1: physics simulator called universe sandbox and basically what it is is it's a simulation of you can do solar systems, you can do galaxies, and you can play around with all the variables. You can change the value of gravity, you can change like the mass of the sun, all sorts of things like that. And it's a lot of fun to play around with. It doesn't, it's not like a game where there's any sort of goal, but it's basically just like you can take the solar system and you can increase the sun 10 times, or you can put a sun where Jupiter is like in 2010, different things like that. So, oh,
0: cool. Yeah, it's it's available on pretty much every platform. Yeah where is it available
1: um you can get it through steam um i think it's available for mac and pc you can also get it on amazon and i think it's 24.99
0: excellent yeah it also looks like you can get you can get it for linux as well uh so they've they've made this widely available that's very cool i want to check that out and it
1: also has a vr component so if you have like an oculus rift you can put it on and use it that way i've not mm-hmm. been able to do that cuz i don't have one but i imagine that'd be a lot of fun
0: Flying oh, wow. through space, yeah, <laughs> that that would be, uh, be Captain Marvel. Uh, so cool, excellent. That that's a good pick, uh, Joanne. What's your pick this week? Mine's
2: a little more practical since my husband has cracked yet another iPhone screen. Uh, <laughs> the Zag screen protectors, you know, I, I love Apple, but they say you don't need to put any protectors on our products. Poppycock. You know no. that that that's <laughs> yeah. no, that isn't it. Um, these screen protectors are the best things going, because when you do drop your phone or your iPad and you usually do, the screen protector is usually the first thing that breaks. now the, for, the unfortunately, for my husband, he hit it right on the corner, right before the screen protector, and the crack went oh, underneath. Yeah. But he has done it before, where he has dropped it, the screen protector breaks, and you just peel it off and your screen is perfectly fine. I've sworn by them for years. And I think people, if you're gonna buy a a very expensive product with a screen, then you need to protect that screen. Um, They usually, right now they run, I wanna say they run around $30 for the phones, 45 for the iPads. But if something happens to your screen protector, you can bring it back to them and for five or eight dollars, they will put another one on. So it's a life. And this who is this? Zag, Zag dot com. They also have Z A G G, Z A G G, and they also at another time have great uh, keyboard um, portfolios for iPads. I'll talk about that later.
0: <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, that'll be a, that'll another be another pick. time. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. I I recommend it too. I've I've uh, I've kept. Uh, I, I like this be able to see my iPhone. I spend a lot of money for this beautifully designed product. I don't like to have it in a big bulky OtterBox box or something like that, but I did put bumper a bumper case on it we that see through but i uh, and I do try to put a screen protector on it like you said it's I've been saved by that Yeah, more and than
2: Zag once. makes both the um poly ones you know and what which I call plastic. Or the glass ones. And I have actual glass, and people might think glass on glass, that's stupid. No, it isn't. (laughs) Seriously, because it.
0: This is high impact glass. Very much so. It's not just regular old. Yeah. Uh, Very good. That's a good pick. Yep. Uh, Get a screen protector, folks. Uh, Mine is kind of a fun, weird one, too. Uh, So it's coming up on summertime, which is camping time. And I like to go camping, and I have a. My new thing for camping is I'm not going to sleep on the ground anymore. I'm too old for that. So I got a hammock and being the sort of guy that I am, I want to know how do I properly hang my hammock uh, so that I'm not, you know, dragging my behind on the ground. <laughs> and so I got I found this app. It, there's a there's a web version, uh, but there's also an app for Google Play, for Android and for the iPhone called the Hammock Hang Calculator. And you tell it well, the distance between the trees that you're t- tying it to, uh, how much you weigh, and, and it will tell. And then uh, you can put in some other things if you know them, and it will tell you how high to pl- place the cord uh, tensions, the, the 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 hang points on the tree for your hammock, so that you're hanging at the correct angle and the correct distance from the ground and that sort of thing. And, I mean, it's a it sounds like a simple thing, but it can be tricky sometimes if maybe you want to get it right and uh this is a fun little app and it's uh, worth checking out if you if you go camping i have a hammock now and it is great it uh it it was relatively inexpensive and uh i i will will sleep better in that than i will on the ground any day i tried the air mattress air mattresses are pain because you gotta you gotta have a blow them up and sometimes blow them up the car and they get dirty, and you're still laying on the ground, and I get a leg leg cramp trying to get up in the middle of the night and climb over my wife and my kids to get to the tent door. This hammock is so much is is a much better solution. So, uh, but this is the hammock hang calculator. It's at the theultimatehang.com. They have hammock reviews as well and information on hammock camping, and so it's a it's a little bit uh, more than just the the app itself. But uh, check it out. That's awesome. Yeah, a lot of fun. So go camping, folks. Get outdoors. Uh, Don't just hang out indoors with your computers. Technology (laughs)
2: invades the wild, wild woods.
0: (laughs) That's right. Take it with you. (laughs) So uh, before we close out, I want to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of technology, including Ronald B., Corey L., Jerry S., Armand P., and Teresa C., their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give, make it possible for us to continue The Secrets of Technology and all the shows we do at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. So that's it from us this week. What did you think of our discussion on iOS 13 rumors and not living through the gram? Let us know by visiting sqpn.com slash technology or the SQPN Facebook page. Which is at facebook.com/slash StarQuestMedia and leave us some feedback or send us an email to technology at sqpn.com. And you can find the links to the some articles that we discussed and to our picks for our discussion on our show notes at sqpn.com. Folks, I want to remind you if you are listening to the show and you are you downloaded it somewhere, someone shared it with you. Make sure that you you have subscribed to the show in iTunes. Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, your favorite podcast app will let you sometimes subscribe directly from there, or on YouTube, where you should hit the bell to get notifications of new episodes. Until next time, Jack Barazzini, thank you for joining us and sharing the secrets of technology. Thanks, Dom. And Joanne Mercier, thank you as well.
2: Thank you.
0: And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to the secrets of technology on StarQuest.